0: The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go, engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today. And you can use our promo code, SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order, get on the path, and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a solid seven podcast, a better than average podcast, if I do say so myself. Each week we get together with a a guest, talk about whatever's going on in the world that interests us. And uh, this week I am pleased, nay, honored to uh, welcome Grant or to the podcast. Welcome, sir. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Thanks. uh, Thanks for doing this, man. This came about really quick. Uh, We kind of cross paths on uh, social media as one does these days. And, uh, you know, based on some, uh, you know, an event that's going on with uh, Echelon Front and Jocko Fuel right now, I'm like, dude, it'd be awesome to have you on right now. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. So I was trying to shuffle some guests and then, uh, you know, life comes at you fast. And my guest that was scheduled for this week, uh, their grandpa died. Uh, which total bummer. So prayers going out to, to her right now, but I hit you back up. I'm like, Hey, you want to come on, you know, like right now, <laughs> Uh, which is uh slight hyperbole, but, but not much. It's been a couple of days, but I appreciate you freeing up the time, man.
1: Yeah, no problem. I actually, yeah, whatever you first were like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, at my brother's house in Florida and I was like, I wonder if I can sneak away for a couple of hours.
0: <laughs> well, that was, yeah, that was my first question. Like I kind of, um, you know, was seeing you real active on, uh, on Instagram, uh, for, uh, the discipline equals freedom reset. Well, and we'll, we'll get to that. That's going on, uh, kind of through Jocko and Jocko fuel and, and echelon front right now. Uh, and I just happened to see in your social media that you were headed to Florida. I'm like, Hmm. I'm in Florida. Let's see if we can see if we can make this happen. Normally, when people are headed down here, they're headed to my neck of the woods. They're coming to see the mouse, right? Uh, but right. you were you were visiting uh, up in North Florida there, so we couldn't quite make it happen in person. But uh, through the magic of the interwebs, here we are.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so well, we, there's always uh, a bit of business that we have to take care of right up front uh, here on the Solid Seven Podcast, uh, and that is that uh, we are, in fact fueled by Jocko Go, which I know is a sentiment that you can uh, understand and identify with deeply. Uh, So I know you've got plenty of Go floating around. What are you drinking today, sir?
1: I am drinking Dak Savage.
0: Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I've got, uh, I've got a, I want to be very careful to enunciate here. Uh, So family friendly podcast. I've got a whoop of salt watermelon. So, uh, you know, cheers, Travis Mills, wherever you are, sir. And uh crack these bad boys open and cheers. It's the the one and only thing that ensures a great podcast each and every time. So Well, let's uh let's get to know you some here. Uh you know, we've we've never met before, we've never talked before. This just came about because uh we'll we'll lay the groundwork some. Uh, like I said, so uh, Jocko Fuel in conjunction with uh, Echelon Front. So Echelon Front is, uh, and regular listeners know, we're big fans of Jocko Willink. If you're a brand new listener and you have no idea who Jocko is, stop what you're doing, pause, come back, but pause, go go Google Jocko, J-O-C-K-O, or use DuckDuckGo uh, if you're of the conspiratorial mindset, and uh, look up Jocko, buy all his books Check out his podcast. Don't listen to it right now. You don't have that kind of time. Figure out who Jocko is, then come back to this. Mm-hmm. Then, then you can move on to uh, Jocko's podcast. But Ev Front, uh, is his leadership and consulting business. Um, that he founded uh, after he separated from the Navy, after he left the SEAL teams, uh, and then Jocko Fuel is, of course, the uh, nutrition and supplement wing of uh, Origin USA, and of course, we're uh, you know ambassadors for Origin, ambassadors for for Jocko Fuel. So regular listeners uh, will be no no stranger to that. So uh, for the second time now this year, they launched the the Discipline Equals Freedom Reset. Um, you know, very cleverly in January when everybody is deciding they're going to be healthy and not fat anymore. So it's just that, right? It's it's a, it's a month, and uh, you're a little more familiar with this process than me, this, this shindig than me, so correct me if I say anything wrong here, Grant, but uh, it's basically just a month of just kind of trying to build the habit of exercising some of these dis- principles of discipline in different areas that Jocko espouses, all the time. So the, the, the getting up early and the, you know, eating right, working out, um, you know, spending some time, uh, improving yourself, honoring the fallen, just kind of all these different things that uh, are probably good to be doing in life one, one way or the other. And so that, the kind of uh, participatory thing in this is, uh, of course, uh, if it, doesn't, if it's not on social media, it didn't happen. That's how life works now. So for everybody participating in this, and I think there's like 25,000 people participating this year, um, you, you post throughout the course of this thing and you use their their hashtag, DeafReset, and you tag Echelon Front and you tag JockoFuel. And each week from all those posts, they're drawing a winner for some prizes. Uh, and then at the end of the whole deal, uh, whoever's posted the most... I think is the metric there kind of wins the whole thing. And it's like, I don't even know like Jocko fuel stuff for a year and you get to go out and meet Jocko and see the podcast studio and you get to go to an echelon front muster. uh, I believe the one coming up uh, in Orlando near me here. Um, So if you're doing this and you're following the hashtag, you just kind of start to see some of the same names and the same people. Uh, and and I kept seeing Grant, and that's that's how we connected. So that's and here we find ourselves now. But uh, before all of that, like who who were you, man? Like what what's your story? Where are you calling in from now? All that good stuff.
1: Well, my name is Grant Wernicke Jr. I'm blessed to carry my dad's name. I'm 25 years old. I'm a firefighter in Johnson County, Kansas. Been doing that for about five years. Um, I also am a fire instructor. Uh, To be honest with you, uh, teaching is actually probably my favorite thing about being a firefighter. So um, right when I started being a firefighter, I was a pretty unhealthy, very overweight guy, about 260 pounds, and about none of that was muscle. And for the last five years, I've just kind of, or six years, I've dedicated myself to trying to be healthier and and, uh, just better overall in life. Had my trials and tribulations as everyone else, um, and uh, luckily last year uh, I was able to buy a house with my now wife. Uh, we got married in June. I went on a wildfire department or deployment, and then uh, yeah, so just been kind of hammering it out. Right <laughs> on, that, man. That's a quick summary of of me. I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is uh, is Kansas home? Like, is that where you you grew up? Is that where you've always been?
1: Yep, always been here. Um, it's uh, I've moved around a couple cities within the same county, but I don't know if I'll ever go anywhere else.
0: Uh, Superman's from Kansas, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: It's an important distinction there. I mean, it's It's, something in the water. It's
1: actually kind of nice you say that because most people bring up Dorothy and (laughs) a Wizard of Oz and tornadoes. But you know what? I appreciate the Superman comparison.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, Superman's definitely the the way to go with that. Now, I mean, in fairness, Lex Luthor probably also from Kansas if you look at the way that plays out. So, you know, it's not all, you know, corn-fed American heroes. That's true. Even if they happen a lot be, of Lex Luthers here. <laughs> even if they happen to be aliens. So what What led you to the fire service? Was this uh, kind of family tradition or
1: what? Yeah, so my my dad's a firefighter uh, in a neighboring city. And just growing up my whole life, I thought, that's what I want to do. Um, and so as soon as I turned 18, I became a volunteer firefighter. I started the schooling process, which takes about a year to get the the minimum stuff. And then uh, pretty much, I want to say it was... Two months after I finished schooling, I the department I volunteered for uh, hired me on full time and I've been there ever since. Uh, pretty happily. It's called I'm going to I'm going to rep them. Sorry, Do shameless it. plug. Um, yeah. Fire District one of Johnson County, because uh, they've given me so much opportunity in the last six years. Right. On. Um, I'm a, a driver now at one of our stations, uh, which is awesome. Love driving the fire truck. And then I also teach our high school fire science program. Oh, nice. Super, super involved and super excited with the stuff we're doing there.
0: So you're doing that like direct in the high school though?
1: Uh, They come to one of our stations. We have this semester, I have nine students. They all come to the station and I teach them there.
0: That's awesome. Like what's, what's that culminate in for them? Like, is that semester long, year long? How's that work?
1: It's a year long. um, And right now we're kind of in this weird transition period between the college classes and this high school class. Um, But when it's perfectly set up, what'll happen is when they leave this high school program, they'll actually just do a really short skills based and testing academy that will then certify them as firefighters. So basically, within a couple months after graduating high school, they'll be certified firefighters, which gives them a faster chance to get a job. Yeah.
0: No, that's awesome. Uh once upon a time, uh, several lifetimes ago, uh I I dated a girl who uh became a firefighter shortly after high school. And so back then, um it was at least down here in Florida the schooling was always referred to as fire standards. Is that like nationwide or just kind of got a different name uh, everywhere? It
1: kind of just depends where you're. At. Yeah. We've always called it fire academy. Yeah. Um but I think, so my wife is actually a firefighter as well, and I'm trying to remember what they they call her fire training academy, the foundry,
0: so it right.
1: uh, just depends on who, who you meet.
0: <laughs> um, I'm laughing because I'm trying to think of uh, his name, John Chris. you ever heard of John Chris, the uh, comedian? I have, Christian yeah. comedian got canceled a while back ago, went to rehab. Now he's back. John's hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. And he does a bit on his Instagram um, where he drives around someplace like LA and he, he reads out the name of a location and you have to guess if it's a church or a weed shop. Uh, and I think, I think foundry plays right into that. It's like, is it uh is it a fire Academy or is it a church? Yeah. <laughs> Uh right on, man. So did you guys I stick
1: with fire academy? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> did you guys uh, meet in the fire service? how did you meet your wife?
1: Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you it's a little it sounds scandalous. It's not. Um this was all truly just like the funniest thing. But uh, my wife was actually a student in the college fire academy that I teach at. And Everyone's going to be like, oh, is there a little (laughs) going on, you know? And I swear, and I I, I had to, like, meet with a counselor from the school for it to talk about it. But throughout the entire class, I was an instructor. She was a student. We didn't talk, didn't see anything that way. And then afterwards, the instructors and some of the students were hanging out at a, a bar grill afterwards just celebrating and we just kind of struck a conversation and then we started hanging out a couple times in groups after that and I was like wow she's pretty cool and so I asked her out on a date and here we are
0: now. Look at you also well that ends well but yeah it went straight it went scandal real quick there dude (laughs) right from the jump. That's why I
1: gotta explain the whole story every time
0: (laughs) Uh, I mean how how'd she do in in class I mean clearly she (laughs) She, Clearly, she, she got a, good marks. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I'm not in control of any grades. I just teach <laughs> skills. There, uh, so um, yeah, no, she she was a great student though, um, and I'm not just saying that because she's my wife. I I always tell people that I believe in honesty, and if if they ask me after they graduate if they were a good student, I'll just be like, "Well, here's what I feel," <laughs> and kind of go from there.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, um you know, going, going back into your background some, right? So we, we, we jumped all, all the way up to marriage, but, um, like uh, coming up, cause you mentioned, you know, prior to getting into the fire service, being out of shape, being heavy set. So, I mean, was that just kind of a, a lifelong progression or a path? Was it, uh, were you not particularly active in high school? Like, how'd you, how'd you end up wind up finding yourself in that place?
1: Yeah. So I was, I wouldn't say I was an inactive person. I just never enjoyed working out in high school. I was bad at it. I didn't do good in weights class or or PE. And it was always kind of embarrassing. So I kind of just stayed away from it. And then just through natural progression of life after that, if you're not working out and you're eating a lot of food, you're going to slowly you know, get bigger. And then it didn't help that I worked at a restaurant my junior and senior year. So free food every day meant I was just eating it every day. Yeah. Um, And so I, and I just wasn't paying attention to nutrition. I didn't know much about it. So like I used to drink a lot of soda pop to like six or seven cans at dinner, which is a lot, obviously. Um, And so, yeah, and I went into fire academy right after high school and I kind of realized it right away that I was. Struggling. Yeah. And so I kind of decided then and there, I was like, well, I have to pass the fire fitness test, the CPAD is what it's called. And I need to be really good at fitness so I can be a good firefighter. Yeah. And so I started, you know, just working on it. And at first, I had no clue what I was doing. I mean, I was just random stuff in the gym, no direction, just trying to be healthy. And And that direction or that path led me to being able to pass the fitness test, but I still really wasn't like in shape. I still wasn't healthy. And so kind of during a fire in my first year of being full time, I worked really hard on breaking this wood panel off of a window. And I remember it probably took me five minutes, but I felt like I was going to pass out, like things just weren't good. Yeah. And so that's when I would even say I doubled down to where I was like, okay, I need to be healthy. Um, And so it it was a long progression that took a long time, but gradually I started finding more direction. I went and joined, you know, different fitness classes, like boxing fitness and stuff like that and gradually I came down from 260 all the way to 187 in about four years so it took some time but yeah i was super proud of it i felt great and i valued fitness a lot i mean it became my you know my go-to thing for dealing with stress and just overall health and stuff so
0: yeah um i'm a little surprised in that i mean was there no um like physical requirement, physical standard to enter into fire academy. It was more like you've got to be at X spot by the time you're done, but you can come in, like come as you are.
1: Yep. So pretty much, and that's even how it is now, because a Fire Academy in this area at least is just to get your certifications. And then once you get hired, the departments will uphold standards and have their own testing and stuff like that. But everything prior Uh, that you do at the community colleges is just kind of to give you entry level certification. So um, when I joined fire Academy, there was nothing that said, Hey, you need to be this fit. Um, They did say you had to take a fitness class throughout, which was just showing up to the college gym, a minimum of twice a week. Yeah. So it didn't even matter what you did. You just had to show up.
0: Dude. I mean, so,
1: and then when you graduate, Oh, sorry.
0: No, I, you're fine. I, I just, it's it's a little, like, uh, infuriating. Just you think about all the all the crap you and I sat through, both of us, in high school. Different high schools, different time periods. Um, I, you know, I graduated from high school in 1998. You were barely born with a 19 at the front of your birthday. I don't even <laughs> want to think about when you graduated. But the reality is that we both sat through all kinds of crap that neither one of us are ever going to use. And I'm not just talking about, like... Oh, you know, I took trig and I'm not in a math related field, so I'm never going to use it. But I'm like, how much better would it have been to, you know, understand how taxes actually work or actually have a clue about how to get and stay fit? Or I'd say like how to eat right, like actually learn about nutrition. Though I don't know if the schools were to teach it and teach it well, they would just teach the government guidance, which is hot garbage at this point. We all know it. Every serious expert out there knows it. Um, You know, I was just seeing like Joe Rogan, Andrew Huberman, all kinds of people posting today uh, about this new graph of government guidance out that literally ranked Lucky Charms healthier than steak like shredded wheat healthier than like uh, just this insanity. So I, you know, I don't think government schools are really where we want nutrition taught. It's just, uh, you know, so much time wasted on absolutely useless garbage to actually living life and being happy and successful, uh, you know, and totally unarmed for things like, Hey, how do I, how do I start a business, (laughs) you know, or how do I take care of myself? Um, But uh, Hey, you, you know, you got around to it on your own. You figured it out. Yeah. So
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's cool because in the modern fire service, they do take health, super important once you get hired. Um, right now, I don't know a fire department that doesn't have some sort of wellness uh, benefits to where it's like if you do X, Y, and Z, you get gift cards at the end of the year. Like that's what our department does. Yeah. Um, if you can show that you're putting in the work and you're a healthy person and you do your yearly physical with all the blood work and all that, and it shows good, then you get rewarded for that. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, well, it's funny too. So, my, back, my background isn't law enforcement, but it's law enforcement adjacent in that I spent a significant amount of time uh, when I was younger as a police explorer in the town that I was growing up in. Um, I've always had, uh, you know, sworn officers close to me, either friends, friends of the family. Uh, my sister ended up going into, uh, used to be able to call it dispatch. Uh, now, you call it communications to sound nicer. I don't know what you guys call your dispatchers up there, but she actually married uh, another. A dispatcher who who had been a firefighter himself before a roadside accident, and then uh, he's he's she's out of it now. She, he's still doing that. But uh, so I do ride-alongs as an explorer all the time. Like every time they'd let me be in a car, I'd be out. And so of course I learned all kind of cop jokes for the firefighter showing up to the call looking like they just woke up because. They had just woken up, or jokes about waxing trucks or rolling hoses, uh, but it does seem like the uh, you know the typical you know twenty four on twenty four off or 24, 48, There's a, you know a few common schedules in the fire service. Does uh, and thankfully so because I think it's important for you guys allow time for maintaining that that fitness that you know when it's when it's you that needs the rescue you you're thankful that your, your firefighter had time you know, to, uh, to swing a kettlebell around and spend right. a little bit of time on, on a treadmill. And <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I've seen that even just passing by, uh, you know, our local, um, stations right up the road from my house, thankfully. And, uh, but when you ride by, like you can see through the windows upstairs, like they've got a full well-equipped gym there that you can see just, you know, we, we pass it riding the bikes to the park with the kids, um, and regularly see those guys in there getting after it, which is awesome. And guys and gals, in deference to your wife, guys and gals in there getting after
1: it. Yeah, it's it's nice. Like I said, you know, the modern fire service really looked at what can we do to have healthier firefighters, not only for the the aspect of helping people, but also just their career longevity and fighting heart disease and cancer and whatnot. So fitness is definitely something that's been pushed within the last five years super heavily a lot of the bigger fitness companies like rogue uh titan they often do uh grants that get fire department's equipment so yeah that helps out a lot
0: yeah i just bought a new box step and it's not rogue and i'm a little ashamed of it but uh cash is king <laughs> sometimes so
1: <laughs> it is. Yeah. That that road box is a little expensive.
0: Uh, well, for uh, for that matter, I say I'm ashamed of it. I'd love to have the one, uh, from origin too, but again, <laughs> uh, not this go round next, uh, Brian, if you're listening, ne- my next box step, well, it'll be, it'll be from origin if you guys are still making them, but, uh, <laughs> not, nah, not this one. So this, this one will do in a pinch. So, uh, you know, at the, that standard, the physical standard that you have to meet, uh, before graduating the academy. What's what's that look like? What what are the requirements there
1: So, it can vary from department to department and it's dependent on whether you're talking about your fire academy where you got your certifications or your actual department. Um, I've heard things where the your fire department will offer a fitness test basically that just shows you're in shape, you can do this job. But I've also seen where they just use what's called the CPAT, which stands for Candidate candidate Physical Ability Test. And that's just a national test that's recognized as if you can complete this, you're fit enough to be a firefighter.
0: Uh, Where you're at, how how often do you guys retest? Uh, So
1: the crazy thing is you actually um, will only take that test once a year until you get hired. And then from there, it's on the department to establish its uh, fitness requirements. So for my own department, once you're hired, your yearly requirement is to do what we call the pack test, which is the equivalent to a wildland firefighter fitness test. So you're putting on a 45-pound vest or ruck, and you have to go three miles in less than 45 minutes.
0: All right. I mean, that's not, that's not super strenuous.
1: Nope. It's not crazy. It's just supposed to simulate the wearing a load and constantly moving at a brisk pace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's reasonable. Are you, uh, you know, like speaking for your department, I can, can, I assume most guys and gals can, can well exceed that.
1: I don't think we've ever had somebody not pass that. Um, most, if not all of the guys in my department are pretty good and gals. Um, are pretty good about fitness. It's kind of a a relief because I do work with other departments, and you know you can get different things the different departments you go to. so I'm blessed that our department has given us a lot of nice equipment. They ask us to work out one hour every time we're on shift, and so that kind of relates or ends with all of us working on it in some capacity.
0: yeah, that's cool. They bake that in like that yeah it's it's nice. What do you think the the difference is? Obviously you can you can kind of only speak to one side of it. Um, but you know, law, law enforcement and fire service both traditionally and it varies by area to area, you know, tend to have um, you know, professional unions involved in the mix some some way, shape or form there. And uh, it just seems like on the law enforcement side, that union influence has really driven things away from, you know, being able to have any kind of reasonable physical standard. I mean, I think we, we all at one time or another, and sadly kind of regularly these days, we'll see, and I'm not painting with too broad a brush. Obviously this isn't everybody. This doesn't speak at all to uh, like the, the law enforcement guys that I, that I have on the podcast regularly. Um, But we've all seen those cops where it's like, dude, you ain't any, any, a small child could catch me at a dead run, but you're not going to catch me like, Dude, you drop your donut and trip on it. Like, and so it 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 always worries me as somebody who, um, you know, for for all kinds of different reasons, I, I tend to be try to be a little bit more awareness-minded, head on a head on a swivel, you know, kind of just security and 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 everything else minded. Looking at these guys going, dude, you ain't gonna serve and protect nothing. Um, and but that doesn't seem to, despite the the similar influence of unions doesn't seem to have become the case in the fire service. So what I uh A, I'm sure you have plenty of solid firefighter law enforcement jokes along these lines. I'm not asking you to share them right now, but I'm sure they exist. Uh but what do you think drives that difference?
1: Um, you know, I think something from the outside looking in is, you know, somebody might see what you're seeing too is you might look at a police officer and you're wondering how they could be so overweight or even a, a firefighter that looks so overweight. Um, and something that I never factored in until I was actually doing it was the effect that shift work and the type of work we do and the effect it can have on not only your physical health, but your mental health, which then directly affects your physical. Yeah. Health. Um, you know, I'm during this discipline equals freedom reset, I'm super on it about getting up at four thirty, but I would be, lying if I didn't say that there are some nights at work that I'm so busy that I don't want to get up and work out at all. And then I want to go home and just sleep the whole day. And then, you know, from that, you never get up and get active because you're so tired. And then you eat a giant dinner because you've been sleeping all day. And then you go to bed and the next day you might do the exact same thing again. And before people get the chance to break it, they're just so tired and so exhausted from work. That they slowly lose that you know that fitness or that or that health and wellness thought process, so I try to I try to keep that in mind before I look at a firefighter or a cop and judge. I try to understand their situation a little, and that's not to say there aren't guys and gals out there who are just blatantly not working out, not staying in shape. Um, but I, I just try to keep it from a standpoint of I can't judge that because at one point that was me. And I'm at different times had things standing in my way from continuing to be, you know, into fitness and into wellness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I've heard Jaco talk about before, uh, and I've discussed this, um, Oh, we've talked about it on here with uh, uh, one of our regulars. We call him uh, Mike Redacted, but he's a, a lieutenant uh, <laughs> law enforcement officer. He's he's still active duty and around, so we just we just leave his last name as, as Redacted. But, you know, I've heard Jocko tout, he thinks, um, you know, part of the solution to some of the challenges we see with policing these days is a lack of training, and he'd love to see, uh, you know, a ratio of like 20% training to, to 80% service. Um, which is one of those things that's very easy to say, much more difficult to implement for, you know, for, from staffing to expense and everything. But, you know, what I never saw with at least the department that I experienced directly, uh, you know, uh, as a police explorer tangentially through my sister, and everything is, um, like they, they built a new, it's old now, but they built a, a new PD then and built in a great, um, new gym in it. And, uh, uh, after they built it, I was working for the city, not as a law enforcement officer, but city employees could go in, and use it. Um, and you were just never fighting for space. I can't think of a time I went in there and actually saw uh, one of the guys uh, or gals from the, from the PD in there working out. But it's like it'd be nice to see something built in, too, where it's like part of their scheduling as well. It's like you're expected to be here, but you're not in your car. You're not on patrol. You're not taking calls. You're, you're in the gym. And I don't think that's as common, uh, in law enforcement. And of course they work their shifts differently. And a lot of times they're on 12s and it's, maybe it's two on, two off, two on, three off, whatever. It might be a little bit different from them, but anything along those lines. And then, yeah, I'd love to see, you know, I've been a big fan of, uh, Kirk Parsley for a long time, um, who, uh, he was, uh, a seal and then went to got out before, uh, 9-11 thinking, you know, whatever, we got nothing to do. (laughs) Uh, But then went and became a doctor, went back and worked with the teams, but he's become uh, a a sleep specialist. Uh, And I think he was actually on Jocko's podcast recently. I've heard him on a few different podcasts. Um, But what he's done to, uh, you know, address the issues with sleep and the sleep deprivation causes in the SEAL teams just so directly correlates to what what you all see with the shift work Um, you know, especially on your side and the law enforcement side as well, that it'd be nice to see some of that carry over directly into the departments as well. We're like, Hey, you know, somebody has got to be working at night. We can't get rid of that. Um, but given the the tools and the knowledge to deal with that in a healthy way and deal with how that affects circadian rhythm and, you know, everything that goes along with that. And maybe, I mean, I don't know if, if you've seen from your side, maybe some of that's happening and, you know, you just don't know it when you're not involved. Nobody I've talked to on the law enforcement side has ever made mention of, of anything like that, any concern for, Hey, how is this affecting you physically and mentally? Uh,
1: I, I mean, my, my department and I, I, I think what's cool about my department is pretty much my department, along with all the rest of my, uh, the, the other departments in the county, are pretty unison on a lot of things such as this. So um, what's really cool is our department wants our health to come first. And that's kind of a transition that's happened in the fire service again in the last 5, 10, 15 years where they were like, we, we need these guys to be healthy. And we're seeing the long-term effects of, you know, shift work syndrome or uh, heart disease, or just overall wellness. So something that's kind of come about on our end from that is our chief has said, hey, if you guys are tired, you know, you come into work and you're exhausted, go lay down. Take take some time. Take a rest. You know, don't sleep for the whole 24-hour shift, but go take a nap. And if you, you know, wake up one day and it's been a bad night and you, you just feel crushed, you can use sick time. Um, And they've been very vocal about us wanting to take our health as a priority. So that's helped a lot. And then our access to doctors and stuff like that has also just improved, you know, where I can say, hey, I'm not feeling good. You know, like these calls are starting to stack up and I can't become, you know, I can't get back to level or normal. You know, I'd like to talk to somebody. I mean, that moment, whether I'm on shift, off shift, I can either talk to a coworker who they've predetermined is our, what we call peer support, or we could escalate it and they can send me to a specialist. And the best part is nobody will ever know. So I can feel confident and you know, that I am telling somebody that, Hey, my, my glass is too full. I need a break. And I don't have to worry about other people maybe looking at me and going, Oh, that guy's lost it. Or, Oh, you know, he's, he's out of his mind or something like that.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) It's good to hear yeah. that, it, you know, at least where you're at, you guys are getting, you know, that level of support is awesome to hear. Um, yeah. So you've been at it for, for a few years now. Now, I, down here, um, you go through fire standards. Um, it's not enough. You're not getting a job with just that. You got to knock out the EMT. Kind of same case where you're at? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So is that, are, are were you at EMT? Have you done the paramedic thing? Like, where are you at now?
1: I... <laughs> I've never been great about school and paramedic school is pretty intensive. So I kind of labeled myself as unable to do it. Um, I probably should. My wife wants to do it. My brother-in-law is a paramedic. My father was a paramedic. So I guess maybe I should challenge myself and go. Uh, But right now I'm pretty comfortable with the EMT level. Um, I like the skills I can do. And and I think I'm fairly good at being an EMT, um, which I will always tell everybody is predominantly being able to talk to people who are sick and injured rather than just to know exactly what's wrong right at that moment.
0: <laughs> that's that's uh, fair. A
1: lot. You, you get a lot of people who go through the schooling and they're really good at the book stuff, but then you go to talk to somebody who's you know, just telling you that they've had a headache for the last seven days and they just want it to go away and they've got tears in their eyes and they're so focused on, well, what could this be? And then they're also really awkward in their talking. That just makes the patient care a little difficult, right. versus if you can go in there, maybe you don't know what's wrong, but I can talk to them. I can figure it out so I can give a pass along to the paramedics who then can pass it along to the hospital and and I, I mean, I think anyone could agree that if you're on your worst day just talking to somebody and that conversation going somewhat okay can already start to alleviate some of the stress and
0: emotion in it yeah uh, that's cool now I, i've got a, a buddy of mine um that's been in fire service for i, I'm, I don't even know how long now it, it m- might be kind of right in track with you five five six years now at least and uh, he actually started out uh in the in the department where I in the county where we live here and he's actually uh at orlando airport now with their fire service which yeah. is kind of its own cool, special little thing, right? Different gig. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yep. Um, but, uh, it's actually, it's actually the same guy who, uh, wrote the, wrote and played the the bumper for the, for the podcast here. But, um, he's always talking about all kinds of cool guy schools and certif certifications that he's done and gotten. Like, he's just always up to something. Um, so any, anything like that under your belt?
1: I, I don't have anything super cool or unique besides I would say probably just my wildland firefighter certification obviously kansas isn't like the forests of california but uh, my department is pretty unique in that we have a brush engine that we can actually deploy nationally uh depending on who needs assistance and we can you know a crew of three get in our truck and go drive and fight wildfires and it's something i've wanted to do since i started there and i was super fortunate that this last summer i got to go um, so that, that was an incredible experience. And I think that, you know, there's people who are like, Oh, I'm a tech rescue guy, or Oh, I'm a hazmat technician. And I think those are really cool. Um, and those are something i definitely like to do, but I think wildland firefighting coming from a structural firefighting standpoint is like one of the most humbling things I could have possibly done because right before it, I was like, man, I'm in shape. I've been rucking. I've been doing all this stuff. And I will tell you 15 minutes of Sawyer work, which is the cha- work in the chainsaw. And I was just doing small. I mean, nothing more than this big was exhausting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of physical work, right? I mean, your chainsaw yeah. shovels the whole shebang, like, and-, yeah,
1: and I'm, I'm lucky because I'm on a what's called an engine crew. There's different types, you know, so there's hand crews, which they're hiking in, tearing all their equipment, hiking out whatever it may be, I'm driving in on a truck, maybe putting on my equipment, hiking at max a mile yeah. at a time, and then getting back in the truck and driving somewhere else. So there's definitely some people, a lot of people who would be escalated far above me on that.
0: Well, and then there's the real sadists who, who jump in. <laughs> Those guys are wild. <laughs> Those guys and gals. It, it, the, the wildland stuff is sketchy just in that, even just, you know, the few stories of stuff I've read, like, I feel like a wildfire is something or a forest fire or whatever I'm supposed to call it to, to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, kind of sneaks up on you in the way that like a tsunami does. Like, I don't know about you, but every time I've seen footage of uh, a tsunami, like uh, I can't remember what that bad one was a while back ago, but uh, I'm just like, it just doesn't never, does never look like the water's moving that fast. I'm like, well, how about you just climb a couple of steps and get out of the way or something, but it's just super deceptive at any distance and actually moving with a lot of speed and a lot of force and whatever. And, uh, you know, some of these forest fires and wildfires will just book. And so like guys like you'll be in a spot working where you think you're a okay and ahead of this thing. And, you know, a butterfly flaps its wings somewhere. And all of a sudden, you know, (laughs) y'all got to book it, (laughs) you know, to get out of the way.
1: It's, I will say that, I wish more people could understand pretty much exactly what you said, that just as the weather can change in the blink of an eye, that's the fire conditions can also. And so you have the fire, but you also just have the danger of the operation itself. Um, This fire that I was assigned to was actually pretty much out when we arrived, but we saw some crazy fire behavior within what we would call the unburned crown fuels. Um, so basically, the fire had moved so fast that it only burned off what was on the ground, and you still had all the trees that were full above it. And we were assigned to kind of manage this bowl in a valley that the ground had burned, but the treetops had not. And they were having a problem that once a day at about like three o'clock, one of these trees would torch off from the heat on the ground, and we wanted to make sure that that didn't escape the perimeter. And so you know, you a new guy like me arrives to this fire and goes it's mostly out like, what are we doing here? But then I got to see like just how crazy the fire behavior in a area that was considered already contained could change everything. And that fire actually at one point on the most perfect storm of a day did a bunch of trees flared up, spotted out, landed outside of the perimeter and we had to rush to go put it out. And so it's just like that in that moment of time we're like, oh, we're in a fire that's contained to now there's potentially an uncontained fire Within a twenty-minute window, um, and then you just also have the the hazards that are present after a fire's already burned through. You know the trees that are mostly burned that are starting to lean, and you're walking, and all of a sudden one falls. Or uh, this this one almost caught me, but uh, those tree stumps burn down to the ground. You know, four or five feet. You don't see them. You put your foot through one, and you, you break a leg. Um, and this. We were in Texas so the Texas heat was wild. Oh yeah. Uh, you you know you're down there in this charred area that's hot because it's charred and then you're it's hotter because the sun's peering down on it and I remember that is the hottest I've ever been in my life. I don't care what burn rooms I've been in. You could not tell me I've ever been hotter than standing <laughs> there. So
0: But and I mean, you know, before God and the listeners, you got to be honest here. Have you ever felt more cool or manly in your entire life? than being kitted up, like soot on your face, working a freaking wildfire in Texas, in God's country.
1: It did feel good. I, I enjoyed it. I had a blast. I obviously would never uh, want fires to do the devastation that that did. I, I don't even want them to exist, but the opportunity to respond to them is is truly awesome. And yes, I did feel super cool in the moments that i could stop and take a breath and like you know like be like whoa (laughs) so i remember there was this we we kind of snuck away to the edge of our zone that we were patrolling because the neighboring zone had airdrops of water coming in and we watched airdrops for like 30 40 minutes just these tankers just coming in dropping the water listening to it on the radio and i was like this is the coolest job in the world
0: yeah yeah, dude, what I mean, what those pilots do, that's amazing stuff in and of itself. Like it is, yeah. Dude, it, and I mean, when they're just snagging water off of waterways, like, okay, like a helicopter's dropping a bag down, they're scooping up water. Okay, whatever, dude. But these guys are just like skim water and then can go put it on target and they're flying through crazy updrafts and stuff. Uh, you know, like and then you know, out in California, the guys that are doing that in these massive airliners. It's insane yeah. on my
1: incident or the incident I was attached to. It wasn't mine, but
0: <laughs> I didn't had, start it. <laughs>
1: and I didn't even, <laughs> I, I didn't know what it was at the time, but there was actually a small jet circling the whole thing. That was basically, I forget what they call air boss maybe. Uh, and I, I just thought it was awesome. They spent the whole day just circling, conducting those air attacks. And I was just like, this is wicked. So you had this one plane circling and then we had what's called seats. Which are single-engine air tankers? They're kind of the equivalent of a crop duster for wildland firefighting. We had three or four of those. Yeah, I was going to say, like in a line, just drop, I know. drop, drop. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I actually know what a seat is, but only because oh. I have a five-year-old and I've watched the planes sequel. Um, I don't even know <laughs> how many times. So I have watched Dusty Crop Hopper learn to be a seat. Heck yeah. Uh, hey, that movie holds up. It's legit. It's
1: a good movie. I like it.
0: I love them. Uh, well, you touched on an interesting dichotomy there with what you do, right? It, in that, like, so you're, you know, you're a firefighter, you've trained for this thing. And it's like, if you ever get to do your thing, if anytime you're getting to do what you've trained for, it's probably a bad day for somebody, right? Like, particularly on the fire side, like, you know, with the the medical stuff too, but it's like, you know, as a as a firefighter, you know, call goes out for a structure fire. Part of you's going, man, sucks for them, and the other there's a part of you though. It's like structure fire, let's go, <laughs> right? Let's let's yeah, get it, after it.
1: it. It's always hard to describe to people. I I remember I think it was my aunt. I I came home, went to a family gathering, and. The previous day I had gotten a fire and I was telling everyone about how the the awesome stuff I got to do and what I got to see. And she goes, but don't you understand that somebody just lost their house, somebody lost their possessions and and you're kind of celebrating that. I said, you know. I would never wish this upon anybody just as I mean, I don't want my house to burn down. But I do want to help people. And I want to, just as you said, I want to do what I've trained to do. So when that opportunity does arise and I get the chance to prove myself or my crew gets the chance to prove ourselves, I get excited because I know that if we're good at our jobs, we can really negate a lot of the hired damage fires or, you know, incidents. So just getting that chance to go and do what I'm trained to do and do it really well. So it can have maximum benefit is awesome.
0: Yeah. So, you know, being where you're at with it now, you said you're doing the teaching component. How does that, how does that play into your shift work? Like logistically, how, when are you doing that? How are you doing that? How does that work with you actually going out on call?
1: Yeah. So I teach pretty much on my days off. Uh, if it's a Monday through Friday and I'm not on shift, I will be teaching. It's a two-hour, my high school class is two hours. I'm there for about three, just set up for preparation and then clean up afterwards. And then when I teach at the college, it's in the evenings for about four hours. So I kind of, I can teach whenever I want with the college. I just sign up for shifts whenever they need instructors. Um, But I am the primary instructor of our high school program. So if I'm off and it's a weekday, I'll be teaching that.
0: Very cool. Obviously there's got to be some sort of rotation with that. Then how's that work?
1: I have, I'm very lucky. I have two other uh, firefighters who act as instructors on the days that I'm on shift.
0: Very cool. And then you said you're, you're driving now. So, I mean, I assume that's self-explanatory.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's like a million names out there and whoever you ask will like tell you what they are. So like some people be like, well, I'm an engineer. Where other people will be like, I'm a chauffeur, they'll say with that <laughs> accent. And then uh, they, there's fire apparatus operator, driver operator. I've just I always kind of called myself a driver just because it was quicker. Um, my department doesn't officially have a a rank or a position labeled as driver. It's just kind of the the situation you you're in with your crew. So right now I'm with a captain. And then I'm the primary driver, and we're teaching a uh, younger firefighter to be a driver as well. And then him and I can alternate, or if he wants to drive and I don't, or vice versa, we can do that.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, you have a you have a legit fire pole in your station?
1: No. Um, what a rip off, actually, man! Well, I only have a one floor station, so we'd have to jump up to slide <laughs> down. But uh, they're actually kind of phasing out. I've had the opportunity to go down one. They're kind of risky. I'm not even gonna lie; like, probably gonna get a bunch of hate from other firefighters. But the one time I slid down, I looked down the hole and I was like, "This is 30 feet, man! Like, you are. What if I fall?" Yeah. So I'll, I'll have to text you the video after this. But it, you just literally hear me slide down, going because I'm holding it so tight.
0: Yeah, and well, never mind the potential for chafage. We'll just leave that at that. Yeah. Like,
1: well, and I just, I mean there i don't know how to describe there's this phase when you hear the tones go off in the middle of the night and you're starting to wake up i don't think i need the whole time it takes to get to the truck and i don't think i'd be ready to go down a pole before that time i've reached the truck
0: yeah for sure
1: but my wife's initial station which is actually a brand new fire station does have a fire pole and she goes they don't take it (laughs) they just use the stairs
0: Uh, I feel like that's, that's half the point of becoming a, at least half the point of becoming a firefighter.
1: I think they're more often building slides now. um, Okay. Because of the safety liability of the poles.
0: Have you seen, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rober, the engineering guy with the YouTube channel that does the glitter bombs for porch pirates. I have not. I think it's Mark Rober. Anyways, so he, this dude, he used to work at NASA as an engineer. He started his own YouTube channel. He just has a ton of fun with it, right? He had something stolen off his porch four or five years ago. The cops wouldn't do anything about it despite there being video of it. So he started building packages that were glitter bombs that they'd put them out on porches solely to get stolen. So when they get unboxed, It sprays like the finest glitter you can buy and sprays fart spray and records the whole thing and plays audio. Like the cops are coming. It's genius. It's gotten more elaborate year after year. Oh, it's incredible. They actually ended up because of it, like breaking up a few of like uh, these giant scam call centers in India. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy story. It's worth watching his, uh, his videos, but he just uh, built out the whole new, like warehouse sized, like studio space and playground and lab and, and whatever for him to work in. And he built these really cool, I can't remember what he calls them, but it's like, instead of like a pole to slide down, if you're on the second story of his deck, there's like a, a loop that you put your foot in and he has it attached to a piston where you just step off with your foot in that loop. And regardless of your weight, the, the way the air has to escape from what's shifting in that piston just gently lowers you down to the floor. And I'm like, the only reason that wouldn't be dope in fire departments is because you got to, like, wait for it to come back up for the next person, which I think probably <laughs> yeah. is not efficient.
1: Alleviates but, the quick.
0: Yes. But otherwise, uh, it's an improvement on the fire pole. So.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. You just have I, to have I, one I've for always, everybody.
1: I mean, like, I think they're cool. I understand. I, I understood why they... I have speech issues today, um, but I understood why they had them because the original buildings in the big cities, you know, you couldn't build outward because of skyscrapers; you had to build upward. So that's why they had poles originally. But uh, yeah, a lot. I don't know very many new stations, with the exception of my wife's, that they are putting fire poles in anymore, just because of the there's there's a lot of liability.
0: Yeah, it 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 seems outdated and yet still were I to be a firefighter I'd be like no, I we're going to need a pole. <laughs> gonna...
1: It was something I definitely hoped for originally, but there's other trade-offs like the, you know, I get a really cool helmet.
0: Yeah, there is that. So, uh your your wife, you guys uh are you, are you at the same department different stations?
1: We are at neighboring fire departments. Uh, I'm in basically city one and her city borders mine so there's sometimes where she can get put at a station where we would respond to a call together and actually we have responded to a call together um uh, pretty early on in her career which was hilarious because she shined a flashlight in mine and goes hey and i'm like can you please take the flashlight out of my eyes <laughs> but uh she's moving around now so the only likelihood of us running a call together would be if it was a fire that was pretty big.
0: So how's that work? Uh, shift wise. Like, are you guys kind of synced up or is it just that you're off enough when you're not on that? It overlaps enough that you actually get to see each other.
1: We were very nervous about that. Uh, because basically if for those who don't know that are listening in our area, we do what's called a, Berkeley schedule. And if we weren't on the exact same shift, there would only be 10 days a month where we would both be off to be able to see each other. So um, it was something that we were really fingers crossed hoping for that she would get assigned the same shift. And luckily she was, uh, her department took care of us as a family, which was awesome. So thank you to them. If anyone from there is is listening, thank you. So we line up. If I'm at work, she's at work. If I'm off, she's off. So it, it works out awesome. We get to see each other every day we're off.
0: That's cool. Uh, what's your, what is your schedule? Are you guys like 24 on 48 off?
1: We are. So we work one tour, which is three 24 hour shifts in a five day period. So my current tour is I'll work 24 hours. Um, I worked 24 hours yesterday. I'm off for 24 today. I'll work all of Sunday, be off Monday, and then I'll work Tuesday and I'll be off for four days until my next tour starts. So we work somewhere between nine and 11 days a month.
0: All right. So is there always four days in between those tours, like how it plays out or is it yeah. very dang? That's like uh doctor's hours. That's nice.
1: It's, you know, it's funny because people be like, how can you only work 10 days a month? and make so much. And I'm like, well, I'm working 24 hours in a row. So <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's, I love it. I always tell, you know, people in the fire camera, this is why this is the greatest job because even if you find out that you're not really good at this or you don't like it as much, you still got 10 days or 20 days a month to do something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Now with the uh, kind of pivoting to the, the reset, the discipline equals freedom reset, which is kind of what brings us here. Right. So we've been a little, yeah. little coy with it. Um, uh, some people listening certainly will already recognize your name and know why it makes sense to have you on right now. But uh, right now it's, it's deaf reset zero uh, zero two and uh, deaf reset zero zero one. Uh, you won <laughs> like your uh, listeners. If you go and follow Grant on Instagram, you'll notice his profile picture is him and Jocko. He's already achieved the dream of the solid seven podcast. <laughs> um, which is amazing. so how uh how Jocko hit your radar, like how'd you first get turned on to him?
1: I'm trying to remember, uh, because in full transparency, my like actual investment in echelon front and Jocko fuel and Jocko as a whole, wasn't really locked in until my honeymoon uh, in July. I had heard Jocko through, like, if you look up motivational videos on YouTube, which sounds cheesy, but I used to watch him. Yeah. And so I kind of, like, knew of Jocko, and I knew he was, like, talking about extreme ownership. And honestly, before the book, before I read it, I thought I had it. I was like, I got that. I I follow those principles. Why would I need to read the book? And then I ordered it uh, for the flight to uh, where we went on our honeymoon, which is I'm blanking on. But, uh, and I read it and I was like, Whoa, like, no, I don't know this. And no, I don't practice this. And so I fell into this super deep wormhole of Jocko where I was like, I got to know this all, like, I need to know it. So on the honeymoon, I read extreme ownership. I remember sitting at the pool. My wife is trying to like, enjoy the rays and the sunshine. And I'm like, babe. I got to apply this at work as soon as we get back. Like, I got to try this out. I need to take more ownership of things. And she's like, can you stop talking about work and about, you know, like trying to be a better employee? Like we're supposed to be enjoying this. So uh, I read that book and then I got back and that was actually right about the time they started advertising discipline equals freedom reset one. And so I was like hyped. I was like, Whoa, I just read this book. There's going to be a challenge in a couple months. Like I'm going to crush this. So then I went on wildland deployment and I took the uh, dichotomy of leadership and then leadership strategies and tactics. And I read both of those. And then I was just like, I was hooked. Yeah. I was going to, I was like, I am going to live this. So, you know, I I remember I probably annoyed the crap out of the two guys I went on wildland deployment with because I would read a part of it and then I'd talk about how it affected our department and they would turn (laughs) around and be like. Do you just think you're the ultimate leader now? Uh, <laughs> I'd be like, No, but I'm going to be one day. You yeah. just watch me. So I, mean, I remember if you actually like not even trying to get people to follow me, but if you were interested and you went to my Instagram and you go to all the way back right before the reset started, I was already using the hashtag because I was like, I'm ready to go. Like I got all the knowledge. <laughs> I'm ready to freaking get in here and I'm going to be disciplined at everything so then you know like i said i was hooked i started i was ordering jocko clothes and i was you know i I was doing a lot and uh then the reset started and i remember i was like i was scared because i i when i was a first a firefighter i was really good at getting up at 6 a.m and getting ready for work at eight um and over the years i got the effects of you know, getting lazy and complacent and I would sleep in. And so I was really bad at waking up early and I was like, perfect. I would wake up at four 30 and I'm going to wake up at Jocko time. I'm going to work out and I'm going to do all these things. And so, yeah, then the reset starts. And I mean, again, you can go look at my profile. I just, I gave it my all, um, for the whole month. But, uh, to be honest with you, when I won, I was super shocked and I'm still, somewhat shocked i kind of didn't believe it at first and i couldn't imagine how i could have won i felt like anytime i looked at the hashtag there was always somebody else doing better than me so i just was like whoa
0: there so the the winning it is it's literally by just like count of posts with the hashtags and the the tags right Uh, yeah i believe so so i don't want to get too much into what all you were doing because I'm not going to lie, I'm in it to win it this year, and I don't want to tip the <laughs> listeners off too much uh, on on what you were doing and how you pulled it off. I mean, then maybe that's an off-air discussion. Um, actually, as I say it out loud, no listeners, figure it out for yourself. We're, we'll we'll talk about it <laughs> um, off-air, but it's um... you.
1: You would be shocked at how many messages I get where people are ask me like, what can I do? How did you win? And to be honest, I don't know how I did it because I, I don't even know if I posted the most. I, I like, that's what shocks me Yeah, is. Um, and especially looking at this one, uh, if I counted things correctly, the last reset had a total of 5,000 ish posts. This current one already has 7,000 and we're not even halfway done.
0: Yeah. I believe it.
1: So it's wild, but I, I kind of did that reset, and I, to be honest with you, I haven't really shared this with many people. But towards the end, man, I was—I just felt done. Like I, I had given it my all, and I actually was a little bummed because each of those weekly things, I was hoping I was going to win because I was like, "I'm pushing it," like I'm yeah. giving this my all. And I remember—I think it was the burpee one, because I was—I—I I think twenty-two out of the thirty days, I had done a hundred burpees. And I was getting faster each time. And I remember when I didn't win that, I felt a little crushed. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I did hundred burpees in seven minutes and twenty-one seconds. Like I'm, I almost died for this. And um, so, and I remember telling my wife that, and I go, I'm, I'm just sad because I really thought I was going to win that one. And so she goes, just keep doing it. You know, stay disciplined. You will be proud of yourself at the end of this month. And so I was like, okay. And I stopped, whenever that happened, I stopped worrying about winning. And I just was like, I'm going to finish this for me so I can feel like a bad to the bone dude for doing all of this. Yeah. And I remember when the challenge ended, I submitted my final post that everyone was supposed to say your score with your points. And I go, I think in my post, you could still read it. But I didn't know how many points I had. I just said, I posted this many times. Here's what did throughout this that I learned from. Here's what it did for me, and thank you for the fun. And a couple days go by, and I'm actually at work, and my Instagram starts blowing up. And I'm like, what the heck? And it just says, congrats, congrats, congrats. Like, people just saying congrats, and I I can't find anything that's saying why I should be congratulated. And I'm super confused. And on a whim, my buddy goes, why don't you check, like, your spam email? And sure enough, in my spam email is my notification that I have won. And I'm just like, and I got to be honest, on that day, too, that although I was at work, I probably did not get a lot of work done that I should have (laughs) because I was just like (laughs) cloud nine, could not believe I won. I call, I like my wife thought something was wrong because I called her probably 15 or 20 times before she finally answered. She's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I won.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, man. And, yeah. Which is like, that's how you want it to be, right? Like you want it, uh, you want the winner to be somebody who's in it. Like if I win, it'd be nice, but it's not, that's not why I'm doing this right now. A little bit like that's, it's a little bit why we're all doing it. Cause otherwise you just do it and not post anything. Right. But, <laughs> right. but I've, you, you know, part of it, um, part of that, the posting part isn't just about winning it, but uh, what's cool, and this is it's how you ended up on my radar, is uh, this subset of people that are doing this, it's a really encouraging and supportive group, right? And so it's like, I'll, you know, I'll be scrolling through, like, the hashtag posts, and you'll be hard-pressed to find one that you haven't, like, clicked like on or commented on, uh, right? Which I don't know if you're just a natural-born encourager or now you feel like the weight of being, like, the OG winner, <laughs> And, uh, you know, you just got to step up and be there for everybody. Um, But it's cool in that to see people that don't know each other, but everybody's just kind of about this same thing for this period of time. And there's a lot of support out there, and there's a lot of encouragement out there. Um, You know, so the posts do serve a purpose other than just, uh, you know, I'm going to rack up points to win this thing.
1: Yeah. I. So this time around was funny because I remember – I kind of still talk to some of the people from echelon front that I made connections with, um, who just, let me just say for anyone who's listening, who hasn't looked at a company or hasn't looked at echelon front and might think, Oh, they're just a big company. They don't care. They're just money. I will tell you flat out that that's just not true. The, the three days I spent at the muster, the time leading up to it through emails and phone calls and texts. And ever since then, I have to say that is, And, and Jocko fuel, that is some of the greatest people I have had the pleasure of interacting with. So, um, but I was talking with them and they were kind of like, Oh, are you going to do this reset? And I was like, I kind of feel like I have to, like, I'm the (laughs) defending champion. Like I can't not do it. and just look like a chump. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then I, I told him, I go, but here's the problem. I can't win it. So there goes half of, you know, half of that little bit of motivation. And they're like, what do you mean you can't? When I go let's be real. It would be a PR nightmare if I won two times in a row. So, you know, I said, I'm going to give it my best effort. I'm still going to participate, but I think my role in this one is to encourage others because I, I think through this challenge, people actually understand what they can accomplish, like truly accomplish once they focus. Yeah. So I made it my mission. I was like, I'm going to check three times a day. I'm going to just search deaf reset and I'm going to scroll and I'm going to like and comment and interact and not just like a copy paste. Like a lot of somebody actually asked me, they go, do you just copy paste? Good morning trooper on those. And I go, I will copy paste the good morning trooper part, but I try to add comments personalized to each, each person. And if I can remember, you know, some of the usernames get a little confusing, but if like yesterday, somebody posted that they struggled to eat sugar today, I'll say, Hey, I'm going to check tomorrow to make sure you check that box and you don't eat sugar tomorrow. And then I will, I'll go back and check in because sometimes people just need that little bump. Yeah. And once they see that they can do it, they can keep doing it. Yeah. And I, I think that that is what's awesome about this whole reset, especially this one now with the kind of the, it, it feels like there's almost a, a weight off my chest knowing that I'm not competing and I'm just trying to help others.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, you never know who's in that situation where it's like, maybe there is no support around them. Maybe they're in a household where everybody else is like, whatever, we're ordering pizza. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, and not, you know, not everybody in my house, you know, my wife, my kids, they don't eat like I eat, especially I've been doing carnivore for a little bit right now, like before the recess started. So nobody in the house is eating like I eat, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you, that might be the only support that person has in this thing and might be the difference between. You know, cave to the smell of the pepperoni pizza, like let's be honest, a fresh, hot domino's I, I mean that's a fine thing. <laughs> I don't care who yeah. you are I don't care how I don't care how refined your palate is. A fresh, hot domino's pie is a fine thing, especially when you've not been eating garbage for a while uh and that right. it, that might be just that nudge, right, to keep that person on the path to keep them. Uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing. So it is cool. I did, you know, Jocko threw out the the 100 burpees for bonus points, which I'll be honest, I have no idea how a lot of this is supposed to work. I'm like, I'm just posting, and I I guess I'll count my posts. I don't know if stories count separate. Maybe I should be doing stories. I have no idea. But um, there's absolutely no prize package that would cause me to do that many burpees for extra points. Burpees smoke me. If I try to do 100 burpees in 10 minutes right now, one of somebody like you would be transporting me somewhere. It was, it just wouldn't end well. Uh, I'll put in a hard workout, but burpees, just something about it. it. Not my, not my bag. I'm like, I don't need the points that bad. So, uh, I'll just have to hope that
1: I, I that... like to tell people that that's what helped me in that victory was the, my dedication to those burpees. Oh, great. Now, great. There, I'm sure there are people who did more, <laughs> but those burpees, I'm not kidding. Almost killed me. I, I kind of, Used my father-in-law who is an animal in the gym i mean this this guy is 53 with six pack and i will go over to his house and work out with him and feel like i am not at all in shape but uh he kind of helped me through the month because he would race me each day we'd say he could get faster but uh yeah after about two weeks of doing those 100 burpees every day and trying to go faster i will say that i've never been so sore I have never felt so gassed after seven minutes in my entire life. I, I actually, in fact, I remember one day at the station when I got my fastest time was I laid on the fire truck floor because I could not get my heart rate to slow down. It had hit like two oh nine or something like that, which is huge for. I mean, that's high for me. Yeah, that's high for anybody. But yes, uh, I I won't lie that this time I'm have not been doing my extra credit yeah. because they they were so brutal with me last time and
0: that that's the play which is an
1: excuse i'm sorry yeah
0: listeners if you're going to participate do it someplace with an aed or someplace someone can defibrillate you like grant did that's the that's the play there yeah i don't know what it is like i uh, uh my wife and i both work out at, i knew stuff outside of that but we both work out at orange theory and it's all heart rate based and you're you know you're monitored the whole time and man, when it's time to do burpees, I mean, it pegs five burpees in. It pegs my heart rate like nothing else yeah. that I do, you know. And uh, I'm no spring chicken these days, and uh, you know, uh, I'll be, you know, five, six, seven, eight, eight beats above my my max, uh, knocking out burpees. Just not. I want to meet Jocko, uh, but I want to be alive to do it. So. <laughs> uh, they they are
1: they are something. I remember I tried one day. I would try to get people to do them with me because I was so like burnt out and yeah. derpy. So I was like, I need to change these up. And I remember my captain once started with me, and we did two sets. And he goes, "I'm sorry, I I don't want to do more."
0: <laughs> well,
1: yeah. So, uh, Yeah.
0: We're, uh, you know, here at the podcast, we're, we're big fans of, of go Ruck and we're go Ruck affiliates as well. And, uh, you know, Jason and Emily McCarthy have both been on the the podcast and and lucky to call them friends now. And, uh, you know, they put out tons of great training content themselves and they're, they're big believers, not just in, uh, the value of, of, uh, a ruck with some weight in it to your health, but in, uh, you know, sandbag workouts. And now they've, uh, yeah, they they make their own uh, sand kettlebells, which is, they're awesome. Especially like if you want to travel with a gym, yeah, it, they're amazing. And, uh, I'll be sure to get you my Go-tock affiliate link before we're done with this, but, um, <laughs> which, uh, Grant, for sure. Like we had, this is it. This is me. You guys are hearing Grant and I actually meeting, right? That's this podcast. And so we're texting the other day and, you know, we're both talking about the irresistibility of, uh, uh, origins, new, uh, camo, uh, rash guards. Um, And so like, you know, we're talking about, he's like, I don't even care about the, like the discounts and stuff. Their stuff's just awesome. I'm like, right. But also having a promo code is super cool too. And dude just, he pops on, not only does he go on and buy his rash card, you're, you're welcome, Pete, you're welcome, Brian, you're welcome, Jocko, putting your kids through college. Um, But uh, he he used my, my promo code, which is what you should do. Listeners, S-O-L-I-D-7, 10% off it, you know, and the podcast gets to wet our beak a little bit. You can't, you can't beat it. It's as American as it gets. Um <laughs> but uh,
1: go firm believer uh, in origin and go ruck. I have two pairs of Delta 68 jeans. I don't hunt, but I have a lot of Raptor camo.
0: It just uh, looks yeah. awesome. I I mean
1: well, you can't I mean like I just think it's cool, especially in this modern time, wearing made in America stuff is awesome. Yeah. And then Not only is it made in America, but it's actually like an awesome product. Yes. I got giant thighs. So finding jeans is always a nightmare for me. And these are the first pair of jeans that I put on. I'm like, I could wear these to do anything. I could, I could work out in these jeans. They're awesome. And yeah. for the record, solid seven may be sponsored, but I am not. So That's <laughs> just honest testimony right there, uh,
0: which is crazy. I feel like at this point you should be like a sponsored athlete or something. I'm, I know they do stuff like that. So
1: I, so super embarrassing. I re I like wanted to, and that was kind of my goal. This deaf reset was I'm going to get their attention and maybe I'll get to be an ambassador by the end of it. And I told myself, I was like, I'm going to wait until the end of the month when I've built my following and I've done a lot of posting. And then three days ago or four days ago, I gave in and I just, I sent the person I know at origin a message and it was like, Hey, um, can you help me become an ambassador? And he said, I'll do what I can. And I was like, works for me. That's,
0: uh, no, 100%. Uh, you should be, I'm sure, I'm sure that'll come through, man. Uh,
1: I, I frequently say people were like, Oh, are you drinking Jocko go? And I'm like, yeah, use code grant for 10% off at checkout. And they're like, actually. And I'm like, not yet.
0: <laughs> but until then, Solid seven. S-O-L-I-D seven. seven. That'll get you your your 10%. It's nice when they're running sales and it'll stack. I'll tell you that right now.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But uh, so GORUCK, um, sadists that they are, have their own super special version of the burpee, which is with a hop over your sandbag while you're doing it. So instead of your jump up, you're jumping to the other side of your sandbag. And then back down and it's just a, a super special brand of torture. And I don't know why hopping sideways over hopping straight up is worse, uh, but I 100% can confirm uh, that it is.
1: That sounds awful. Yeah. But you know what? I'm going to try it tomorrow now.
0: Yeah. You you know there's what else? A,
1: there's a sandbag at work and I don't know how much it weighs, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah.
0: Well, they also were on a big kick for a while. Uh, you'd have fun with this one of the the sixty for sixty or the sixty by sixty. Did you see that? I did not. So it's with a sixty pound sandbag, sixty seconds on the clock. Um, and you're, I, I'll, I'll I'll find the video and send it because I can't remember the complete movement. I can't remember if you were going to down like you were cleaning it and tossing it over the shoulder and then flipping around and doing it again. I can't remember if there was like a burpee built in there. I'll send it to you. I'd be interested to see your okay. Um, yeah. my score is nothing to talk about. Uh, it's where, I mean, we're not going to discuss it in any type of recorded setting. Uh, but I, I bet you, you'd have some, some fun with that. So all, all kinds of good fun, good loving to be had, uh, with, with go to you. So, so you, you find out you win, you get the email, then like what's next? Like what's, what's the experience of the winner? How's this go down for you?
1: So right away, I'll say this. I, I was like a, a kid in a candy shop just thinking about winning. And so, you know, I wouldn't reach out to them. They sent said, they an said the email, message us on Instagram to get everything set up. And I remember I, like, typed out a message and sent it to my wife. And I was like, does this sound good? Like, I, I want to sound super appreciative and grateful, you know, but I don't want to look like a, you know, a, a kiss, you know, I don't want to look like I'm kissing up to them. So... I sent out, I sent this message to them and I remember like, I kept checking my phone like every two minutes, just like waiting for them to respond. And I was super excited. And when they finally did, you know, it was, it felt like almost like a, honestly, a VIP treatment. So, you know, they messaged, I won, you know, basically September 3rd or something like that was when I found out. And then the, the muster they were going to send me to was in uh, October. So Um, But the whole time leading up to that, they stayed in contact, you know, they set everything up. They worked with me a lot because with my fire schedule, I had to move some things around and we weren't sure whether my wife was going to go. And they said, well, tell you what, as long as you show up, no matter who you have with you, whether it's your wife or somebody else, they can have the ticket. That's awesome. And, And they were just super good about making sure I got into the hotel block and making sure that all the other prizes besides the muster arrived. Um, so that was super cool. And I remember I was super excited, and I no joke, go through so much Jocko fuel. Um, I, I tell myself I'm gonna have one go a day, and I'm on my third today. <laughs> so I go through a ton. So whenever they said they were sending me the prize pack, I got really excited. I was like, finally, I'm gonna alleviate something on my budget. And I think like maybe a couple of weeks had gone by since I'd won. And I was like, super nervous, I was like, I'm just gonna ask if if I gave my address correctly and everything was going right. And I messaged them and they're like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry, something got lost in the mix. And then they, like, two dated. So I kinda like pretty much answered after that, you know? And I So I had a huge, like, I was like, this is awesome, super respectful of them. And I couldn't be more grateful. So that time leading up, they were just so cool. Um, and I have to shout her out. Uh, her, the the woman who i uh, interacted with uh echelon front with her name was lauren and she's super nice and we're actually friends now which is even cooler so sorry that was probably a long time explaining a very short time no but, no uh, so then the muster comes i'm so excited i packed nothing but jocko clothes <laughs> camo shorts and uh I went there and I was like, I'm going to buy everything. I told my wife, I was like, whatever they have at that, like shop there, I'll buy it all. I almost did. <laughs> But uh, the muster was an incredible experience. The first day I got there, uh, Lauren was like, Hey, when you get here, let me know so I can meet you. And so we talked and introduced each other. And then she introduced me to everybody, which was awesome. And a couple of them, like JP Donnell. I, uh, he knew that I was the winner. And I was like, I was like, you know, me. <laughs> so it was, it was awesome. I mean, the muster itself was awesome, but just the, the way I was treated by all of echelon front was super cool. Yeah, And they all knew me by name, which was even more cool. And they constantly checked in during the time. And then the muster itself was just amazing.
0: Which one, are you, um, which one you are
1: know, you I at? 15. Where was it? Uh, Atlanta, Georgia.
0: All right. Well, yeah. So you know, you win some, you lose some. Musters awesome, but you got to go to Atlanta. You take the good with the bad.
1: Yeah, it it was wild. Atlanta was wild. Um, but no, yeah. I I can't stress enough. Like I told you earlier, that when I read the books, how I just saw everything at work, all the problems I'd ever encountered, and how I thought I could solve them. But going to the muster gave you just I couldn't even dis- begin to describe how much more clarification on so many of those issues that I now had. Yeah, and so leaving that, I just was ready to take on the world. And uh, I, yeah, I just can't thank them enough for that experience. And then to be uh, still in contact with them after, so that was why I got to go. I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but I got to go to the podcast studio um that was not a part of the original prize actually what had happened was i was going to visit my sister in san diego and uh lauren through becoming friends was like oh just let me know if you ever come out to san diego so i texted her and she goes well i've set up a tour of jocko's gym and for you to get to see the podcast studio and to meet a couple of the team and so you know months after the reset is over months after the the muster's over They let me come out and do all that. They gave me some more free taco go, which was awesome.
0: That's amazing.
1: And, you know, I got to see all that stuff and it was so cool. I mean, I get nervous around people I've never met, but I felt like this, the whole EF team while I was doing that tour and at the gym was like people I had been hanging out with my whole life. They were so cool. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Carrie. Um, obviously Lauren again, and I always, I'm so sorry. I'm drawing a blank on her name, but I think it's Jocko's direct assistant was also super nice. So we hung out there for a while and they invited me to stay to work out, but I had to get on an airplane. So.
0: Oh, that's a bummer. It, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just like the gym, like victory looks amazing anyways, all the way around. But then when you see their pricing, it makes you dissatisfied with Any other gym, any other jujitsu school, anything, anywhere—like it's priced for people to be able to do this, and clearly, it 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 works.
1: I I told my wife I was like, I wish we could move to San Diego so I could go to this gym because you're right, it's it's priced like a reasonable price. It's it's cheaper uh, to go to this whole gym than it is just to my jujitsu classes. Yeah, so that that's wild in itself. And then it's actually, I don't know how to describe this feel. Like you go to a lot of big, awesome gyms, and they've got all this new equipment and everything's shiny and clean. Let me just tell you, when you go to Victory, it's not shiny. It is used for working out. And you go in there, and that you get slapped in the face with that vibe that you come in here, you execute a workout, and you get out. And the the funniest thing is they actually have – in the CrossFit room, there is this giant, I mean, huge oil painting of Jocko that is staring down at you in this CrossFit area. And then above it is the walkway he uses to get to his podcast studio. And you go, sometimes he'll st- stand there and just look down at people and like watch them work out. And I'm like, I don't
0: think I can do it. The amount of rabdo I would have if Jocko was present for my workout. Uh, Did you see, he posted a video a while back ago. I don't know which of the various social medias it was on, but it was Jocko like in the locker room there and they've got, uh, you know, one of the fancy uh, you know, cold water immersion tubs now. And so there's this poor kid in there. And I mean, he just looks miserable and Jocko comes through and sees him and straight calls him out. Like for not having yeah. plain face. He's like, you want your enemy to see you looking like that? I'm like, I would just slink down in there and take a deep breath of water and kill myself. I would be, that would be it for me.
1: Yeah. I saw that video. And I was like, dang. <laughs> so that I mean, that reminds me too, that. So. I was actually supposed to get to meet Jago when I went to do the tour, but some scheduling things didn't work out, which I, I super appreciated echelon front for even trying. Like I was yeah. like, I don't know what I would have done because I'll tell you when I first met him at the muster. it was just so embarrassing, but I was nervous. Like, I was like, this is this guy that I put on a pedestal and I know we're not supposed to, you know, he's like, don't put me on a pedestal, but I had, and I, you know, he had kind of been somebody who in my mind had been this signal of getting through things. And so when I met him, I he said, hey, I'm Jocko. And I said, hi, I'm Grant. And he kind of looks at me and I go, I'm sorry, I'm nervous. And he kind of looks at me like, what? And then he looks and he goes, is this your wife? And I go, yeah. yeah. And she goes, or Jocko goes, she doesn't look nervous. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: And that was it. That was the interaction. That was it. He signed my book and I walked out.
0: That's amazing. So like,
1: no. So I I had to redeem myself after that. So the next morning at the early morning muster PT session, I waited until after it was done. I saw a couple of people in his line and I was like, I'm going to go talk to him. And I thought I thought the whole time about what I was going to say. And uh, we had a nice conversation. I think I ended up just saying, you know, I thought of a bunch of questions I had about leadership and things I wanted your help with. But so far, I think I've got the answer to that. And I just want to say thank you for what you preach. Because it's gotten me through a lot, and he shakes me, shakes my hand, and says, "I'm so glad to hear that. You know, we we appreciate your support of our company," and and so that was my last interaction. I was like, "Back to normal." Redemption. Yeah.
0: Well, I was going to add. Did you get to meet Echo at any point?
1: I did. Yes, I I met, I think everybody. Um, Echo was pretty chill, and I was really surprised because uh, the first night is a meet and greet. And they all just set up at like those tall round tables throughout the, the hall and people would line up and echo had no line. You could just walk right up to him. And so, you know, I just went up again. I was nervous. I was like, Hey, you know, it's really nice to meet you. And he goes, yeah, I'm glad you're here. You know, we talked a little bit about jujitsu, but I, I was shocked. I was like, why, why is there not the second longest line here?
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, I need the reason I ask is inquiring minds need a firsthand person account of whose arms are bigger, Jocko's or Echo's, because Echo's got freaking guns.
1: Yes, he he is huge. I, so this is just my observation. Echo does have huge biceps. That is factual. But Jocko and Lave had some of the most monster forearms I've ever seen. And I remember telling my wife, we're looking at them up on stage. I'm like, is it just me or their forearms huge? <laughs> like their forearms are as big as my bicep. Like, whoa. Yeah, And she goes, no, they are. And so I, I would tell anyone who wants to know, Echo's got the biceps, but Jocko just, he is a force. I'm sure
0: doing all the world's pull-ups doesn't hurt with the grip and forearm yeah. strength yeah, for sure. So I want to, I want to read through here for, for the listeners that I'm sure plenty of people are listening that are, that are doing this and will will find this episode when, when I kind of share it with the, with the hashtag, but uh, kind of wanted to go through the discipline equals freedom reset checklist. Right. So, and I think, was this the same when you did it as it is this go around as far as those different components on the checklist?
1: Yeah, it's the
0: same. All right. So, so the idea, listeners, is that you're uh, – well, I'll read it here. Objective, develop healthy habits and enact discipline within your life first and foremost. Take time to consider each habit and establish a specific achieve, achievable goal – In each category, uh, and then some housekeeping there, right? So, one, wake up before the enemy. Did you wake up early? Determine a time that you want to get up each day. Make it early enough to accomplish something before the day starts, which I think that explanation is important, right? Because people get hung up on Jocko's 4.30. I can't get up at 4.30. 4.30 isn't, it's it's not the standard. It's not the expectation. It's early for you, right? Early enough. Uh, You know, to have some time before things get going Uh, pretty straightforward. Get after it. Did you complete some type of physical activity today? So the idea is you're checking these boxes, these categories each and every day. Prioritize and execute. Did you complete your to do list for the day? Hydrate or die? Did you drink enough water? Fuel is did you eat healthy? Sugar coated lies, uh, are, you know, no blatant sugar, right? So it's not saying don't eat an apple or something, but I think, you know, we all know, skip the candy bar, skip the donuts. Um, so avoid unnecessary or blatant sugars. Uh, did you spend time on personal development today? So that one's back to the book, uh, and then remember: is did you make your day count in honor of those that paid the ultimate sacrifice for your freedom? So the idea for participants is to be checking off something in those boxes each and every day. And I wanted to go through them just to ask: like, of those, kind of what had the biggest impact on you going through the reset?
1: Well, <laughs> physically, the waking up before thirty probably had my greatest impact but uh honestly uh the remembering one kind of kind of hit me in a way because you know we all we've all been taught in school and we all see the news about you know the marines and airmen and soldiers and the you know the navy and the coast guard all the armed forces we see you know in the news that they are killed in action but nobody's really ever putting faces or names with these individuals unless it's a high profile thing, you know, like, you know, some of the special operation stuff obviously is more high profile. So I decided when I first did that, that I was going to remember these, these people who gave their lives for us by showing them. So every day I would look up somebody that died on that. You know, if it was January 1st, I'd look up somebody who died in action on January 1st. And I would start to share a name, uh, their picture, where they're from, what they were assigned to, and how they were killed. And through doing that, you know, I just I started to realize I was like, I'm sharing a 24 year old. I'm 24 or 25, but, you know, like this is a a guy as young as me, his life just starting out, who gave his life in the name of what we what I'm doing right now, posting on Instagram, you know. And so that one really kind of struck me in a way that I was just like, this is something really good. And it made me super excited when this second reset, other people started doing that. Um, I don't know whether they did it on their own or they were following me to get points, but they were putting people out there. And now it's on such a greater scale that I just love to see that, that now these people, the families maybe might see this, that, Hey, somebody's remembering their son or daughter. And I I just think it's awesome. Um, And some people have even, you know, done outside of the military. Uh, A friend of mine through the reset is sharing firefighters and police officers from his community that have lost their, you know, life in the line of duty. And I, I just think that that, if anything, comes out of this reset, that we're having that conversation about the sacrifice for us to do this. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I kind of resonates with the story. Uh, Mark Lee's mom was just on Jocko's podcast and sharing a story about, uh, you know, how she demanded. I mean, you got to think about this. Uh, she demanded an apology from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of the Armed Forces. Um over a flippant comment that he, he made, I want to say it was over our, our exit from Afghanistan or no, uh, it was over the, uh, the ISIS flag uh, flying over Ramadi again. Um, And, and she took it personally, rightfully so, Um, you know, with uh, her, her son's blood forever on the ground there in Ramadi. Um, and so, uh, but just that, that awareness that, that that's, and putting that name out there and, and understanding that, you know, that freedom isn't free, that it does come at a cost. And, uh, you know, even if you're not the one paying the price, it's because it's been been paid for you. That it's certainly an awesome aspect to that, to the whole thing.
1: Yeah. And I, I do have to, I have to shout out, uh, Mrs. Debbie Lee. I, I did get the opportunity to meet her at the muster and she is a wonderful, wonderful woman, super nice, uh, signed my copy. I bought a copy of American sniper from her. She opened it, signed it. She actually thanked me for my service. And I I remember standing there thinking, I cannot believe, you know, you have given yourself so much to this country. And you're thanking me for my service, you know, when I could be a piece of crap firefighter for all we know. And I just was greatly humbled by her presence. And what she's doing now for people who are in similar situations is awesome. So she's very nice, very nice woman. And uh, I'm super thankful for the few moments I shared with her. I I was nervous actually meeting her too because I really wanted they had Mark Lee patches for remembrance and I don't know why but I felt like I almost didn't deserve the patch um and so I talked to her about it I was just like you know I really like that patch I think that's awesome she goes yeah here you go you want a book you want a shirt and I'm like I would love all of this and she actually gave it was nice she gave me a, a deal too she goes you know it's the end of the muster go ahead and take this extra book. And I'm like, wow, thank you so much,
0: man. No, that's, that's awesome. And I'll say, you know, listeners, if you haven't listened to, uh, hopefully you're all listening to to the Jocko podcast anyways, of course, be sure to tell them we sent you, but, um, that, that episode is, is well worth your time. That woman is, is a powerhouse. Uh, I mean to, to call her an inspiration just uh, doesn't, it's, the words aren't enough. It doesn't do her justice. And, uh, Man, she's a, she's a woman on a mission and uh, you you just got to listen to the episode. It's, it's incredible. So.
1: I haven't actually even listened to that episode yet. I'm doing this reverse. I started episode one and I'm working my way up, but uh, I just remember from part of the muster, whenever they called her, she asked how everyone else was doing like pretty immediately in the conversation. And I think that just describes her character right away to know. You know they're calling her worried about her, and obviously the immense pain she would be suffering. And the first thing she's turning around and worrying about is, well, how are how are the boys? How are the guys? And yeah. I just think that that shows you what kind of person she is—that you know sh- she cared about others even in her worst moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely incredible. The the, the whole story and the work she's doing now, uh, just just amazing. So I was chuckling as I was reading through the list there because I don't I don't know that it would be the most impactful for anyone but uh one that I've found particularly challenging is the hydrator die. And so, you know, obviously I'm I'm participating in this this year. Now listeners if you're like, "Oh, I didn't know that." It's because I chose not to blow up the uh, the podcast Instagram with it and I chose not to blow up my personal Instagram with it. Uh, So And and Grant didn't know this was me until we started the podcast. And so I I outed to him who I was in the Deaf Reset by holding up my water bottle because I've posted tons of which he had, going back to earlier in the podcast, he had just clicked like on and maybe even commented literally like right before we started recording. I had posted a picture of it. And so what was funny, like going back to Grant's encouragement and challenge, like the role you're playing in this iteration of the Deaf Reset, So the other day I'm like, I'll try and get to like a gallon a day. I'm the worst. Like I'll drink some Jocko goes, I'll drink some coffee. Um, You know, I might drink like a sparkling water, but I'm just the worst about just drinking a water. Right. So I'm like, I'll go for, I'll go for a gallon. So I've got this 32 ounce Nalgene. I'll fill this bad boy up four times a day. I'll drink it. And everything above that's gravy. So the, the day I, I hit a gallon, I post, like I'm tracking it just in my iPhone, just through the health. Uh, app in there and so I post like my little graph right of like hey, I don't know what I was at it was over 128 I had cleared the gallon and so I'm like sweet like mission accomplished it's it's like six o'clock in the evening or something like that and here comes Grant he clicks like on it and the comment is like awesome let's get two more done today <laughs> like, bro what are you talking two more I'll get water poisoning that's a thing right I can't drink too- <laughs> just, just up in the, up in the ante there. I loved it, man.
1: I, I have to admit, I, uh, I have been known as being somebody who people consider to be motivational and it's kind of, it's kind of a front because I get everything I, I give to people from videos on YouTube (laughs) where I'm just like, Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to say that. And I've gotten to master it through being a fire instructor and i remember one year like i got great evals and i was like there we go i know what i'm doing now like i just need to amplify that so yeah i kind of always just try like hey you did great let's do some more <laughs> you know like uh, and it's funny i remember that comment because i think i've said that to a couple different people for their various goals like somebody was like oh i finished my gallon before 11 a.m and i go i guess we're going for three gallons today <laughs> like you know, yeah, like, you know, people will message me and I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to push you. That's all. And you know, I'll get some of my friends who aren't even in the def reset, aren't even into Jocko. I'll be helping them with some, you know, Monday I've got some people coming over to work out with me and we'll be working out and doing something. I'll be in this mode where I'm like, come on, get some more. And they're like, Hey, I don't want to do this. I don't like, I want to hit my goal and I want to be done. And I'm like, Oh, my
0: bad, my bad. I'll, I'll chill, dude. Uh, we were—I uh, can't remember when this was. I did a, a 25 mile star course, go ruck star course in Tampa a while back ago with a couple all of right. buddies. So 20, 25 mile ruck. Uh, actually, I'm saying 25, 26.2, and and maybe 26.2. So the way these star courses work, you get a list of waypoints and you get a time hack, and you've got to get to all of them and get back within the time hack. So if you find the most efficient route, it will be at least whatever the distance for that star course is might be 12 miles, 26.2, 50 miles. But if you're inefficient, it might be much longer. Or if you plan on taking a route that then ends up being closed, you're going to add distance, right? I can't remember what our total mileage was. We were well, we were over 26.2, but not by a ton, Uh, but we're getting towards the tail end of it. And uh, there's three of us doing it. And we had one guy doing a support vehicle for us. And, uh, Dude, it's just my hip flexors were just gone, just gone, right? And I can trudge. That's my thing. I used to, to road bike, uh, and I'm not fast. I'm no sprinter. I'm not, but I can trudge. Like, I can put it in low gear, and I can go. And, man, this star course just whipped my tail, right? It was only, a you know, dry weight was 20 pounds, 20 or 30. I can't remember which and then whatever water snacks stuff you have on you and we kept that pretty light since we had a support vehicle but man my my one buddy mike he it was just no factor not that he wasn't hurting at all he was just of the three of us he was easily in the in the best shape and the best prepared for it and so uh, we're just kind of hurting towards the end. And, uh, I'm, I'm like the anti-motivator. Like I'm not trying to drag people down, but at, at that point, like I just become cynical and pragmatic and he's trying to get me fired up. I don't know how many miles we have left. Not many at this point, probably sub five. And I'm like, listen, I appreciate what you I'm I'm talking like this. I'm bro. I appreciate what you're trying to do. I understand you think there's another gear in here somewhere. I'm telling you this is it. This is how fast we're moving now. <laughs> like there was just, yeah. there was just nothing like buds, probably not for me. A run with David Goggins, never going to be my bag. Right. Cause <laughs> it was like everything I got left is, is, uh, you know, leaning over to lift this foot up and move it forwards and then leaning this way to move the other one. Cause my hip flexors have ceased to exist. They have exited the party. They're gone now. Um, so, yeah, uh, at times I become unmotivatable, but that's when discipline kicks in. And that's what we learned from Jocko. And isn't that the point of this entire podcast, people? <laughs> yeah,
1: I I will say discipline. Sometimes I'll, I'll tell my wife, I'll be like, you know, sometimes I just really hate that I found Jocko and Echelon Front and Jocko Fuel because there's times I want to stop. And then I'm like, well, I've got to be disciplined. So I guess I'll do this, you know, or, you know, like, especially with this reset, uh, we flew home from Florida, got home at midnight and, you know, I, I set four 30 is my time at four 30 rings. I'm like four and a half hours of sleep. I just want to go back to sleep before I go to work. And I was like, well, a bunch of people are going to look at my Instagram today and see that I broke my streak. So I guess I'll get up now. <laughs>
0: Hey, even, even Jacko uh, shuts it back down occasionally. So I'll
1: try. So I, I st- you know, I feel like there are, I know there are people cause they'll tell me, they'll be like, well, I posted that I got up at four 30, but I just took the picture and went back to bed. And I'm like, I'm like, that's fine. You know, you gotta do what to do. I will try to get up and do at least one task if I'm going to go back to bed. So I, I try to stay up for at least an hour, whether I'm going to read, most of this reset I've been able to get up and work out all but one time, which was yesterday morning. And instead I just was like, I'm just going to do some tasks and then I'll, I'll bring it back down. And yesterday I was like, I'll do some tasks and then I'll get ready for work. So I, I really like to tell people when they message me to remember that, like everyone thinks that they have to be perfect in this reset, but none of us are perfect. I mean, Yesterday, I, I didn't get reading in and it was super disappointing myself. But that doesn't mean like I'm a loser for the rest of this reset of the, you know, the rest of life. So that's why I always hit people with the stay on the path. Hey, like you you took a break, you looked at some scenery and uh, now you're going to keep walking or running or whatever. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's been times, uh, you know, I've been going with 5am uh, here is what works. Uh, and you know, we've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old in the house and sleep is not guaranteed. And, uh, you know, there's been various <laughs> points so far in this where there were some late night toddler ops and five o'clock came and I woke up and I, I, I just I, wear an Apple watch. So I screenshot the Apple watch and post that, and, uh, you know, I'll get some tasks done. It might just be getting up to go pee, but sometimes I'm like, nope, we're, we're, I'm up, I'll do something, but yeah, I'm, I'm going back down for a little bit before work. Cause I still got a function for the day.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, totally. I, I think people definitely look at this challenge. Like they have to be Jocko and that's just not the case. You just have, you're just trying to set your own standards and hold them. So, you know, There's a lot, if you, if you look at the hashtag, there's a lot of people who will post what is still a good workout, but they'll say, I did terrible. Like I didn't even count it. I X'd it out. And I'm like, listen, you still did something. And although there's a lot of people doing more, there's way more not doing anything at all. So still, you know, be proud of yourself and still check the box because you're trying.
0: Yeah. There's, there's far more people doing less than there are doing more for sure. So, yeah, I, I think it's awesome. It's cool that they're doing it. It's cool. You know, uh, I'm not naive to, you know, it gets their name out there a lot. There's, there's a lot of accounts posting Jocko fuel and echelon front uh, right now that maybe wouldn't otherwise, or certainly wouldn't be doing it, you know, multiple times a day. So I'm, I'm not naive to that, but, um, you know, like you you mentioned meeting JP and how awesome he is and he is, and we've been back and forth some, and I've been trying to line him up for the podcast for a while. And, echelon front just has him so busy and they're all like that there and they're all over the place and the number of events they have now and they're spread out all over the country and it's like you know to some extent they kind of need this like they need another hole in the head right like they're doing just fine um, without this but it's it's about what this does for people and the impact that it has uh, I believe 100 percent. Uh, Drives them as much, if not more, than any you know exposure that comes along with it. Uh, It's awesome they do. It's awesome that they you know put their money where their mouth is, and you know the prize packs for each week, which each week's just kind of luck of the draw, um, you know. And the prize packs each week are are awesome, and those are those are cool and worth winning uh, in and of themselves. And then certainly that that grand prize, uh, as we've learned from you, is is I mean, even just a muster, like just nothing else, just getting to go to the muster. I don't know if any of my listeners have ever priced out the musters. I have, they're not giving it away except in the <laughs> deaf research.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I can see why they price it that way. Honestly, once you go and you experience it, like the time you get what they're putting into it. I mean, they got a laser light show practically, you know, they got awesome stage setup. And then, I mean, they give you a go bag when you get there with it's full of snacks and treats for the whole time. They cater in nutrition solutions. So you're eating healthy the whole time you're there and just their setup. I mean, they, the jujitsu mats they rolled out for that were huge, probably the biggest mats I've ever seen. So, yeah. you know, I, I can see why they price it that way. Maybe people can look at me as a guy who drank the Kool-Aid. I mean, heck, I'm wearing Echelon Front <laughs> stuff right now. But uh,
0: I, yeah, this is I a it's a go ruck it. it's a go rug heavy day yeah. for me. But my Echelon, uh, literally, I'm recording in the closet today for reasons that I've already explained to Grant. And my Echelon Front T-shirt, it's it's right here. It's right, <laughs> right behind me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I you know, people have brought it up to me, they're like, oh, you're just a guy falling for the scheme, or you know, you're a guy who drank the Kool-Aid, but I truly feel and believe that the reason that this company exists is not to make money. I true when, when all those speakers went on stage and they told their story and then they related to their story to the content, I believed it. And I understood that I, I think they're there to help people be better. And yeah. I think it, it was just awesome. Um, and I think that they also in turn do a lot for communities and stuff like that. So I, I, I'm a big supporter of Echelon Front. I think I'm a lifetime supporter. Um, so if somebody's watching this and they're like, oh, you know, they just are doing the reset for money. Maybe that is a benefit. But if you saw the accounts and you saw the people who are changing their lives just from using a hashtag once or twice a day, imagine what when they read the book and then when they join the. Extreme Ownership Academy, and when they start interacting with other people, how much their life can change for the better, um, and that's what I think is super neat about the reset. Yeah, because a lot of people hook into it because it's a fitness thing, but once you see what you can accomplish—not just from fitness, but from prioritizing and executing your day—it's incredible. It, I mean, like you, you can accomplish so much, and it's you know, I, I uh, tell people this that when I finish the first muster. I tried to like ease back and go back to just like sleeping in and not doing things. And a day would go by, and I would look at it as, wow, I wasted that day. Like I could have done this. I could have done that. I would have felt so victorious. but instead, I just sat on the couch, yeah. so i I hope people see that aspect of it
0: well, and for you know for regular listeners who are who are hearing this episode, you know, not because it was posted with a, a deaf reset hashtag. Um, don't feel like you've missed the boat. Like, okay. Hey, from the time this drops, there'll be some time you can still participate. Um, you know, maybe win one of those weekly prizes, but again, don't do it for you. Don't do it for the win. do it for the, the difference it can make the impact, do it for the, the challenge. Um, you know, give it the old, uh, you know, the used car sales pitch, like do this thing for, for 30 days, 31 days, whatever see if your life's better or not and better off. If it's not, then set the alarm for eight and wake up and have some donuts. Like no, no harm, no foul. Uh, but you're probably not going to want to.
1: Yeah. I, I can't. I mean, yeah, for sure. I, uh, there's actually a community of people that after the last one, they kept posting and sharing. And I, I follow a bunch of them. Uh, shout out to Mary. And Bill, because they did it the most. Um, never even better talk to them. Just interacted through Instagram. That's awesome. But they started using hashtag death reset renegade. Because they're like, <laughs> oh, we're going afterward. I was just <laughs> like, man, maybe these people deserve this more than I do. Uh, but, uh, I mean, yeah, there's people who just kept going. And they stand by it. that It's a good way to live. Yeah. And, again, that doesn't mean, like you, you've already said, you don't have to wake up at 4.30 and work out. You just need to get up instead of slacking in the morning. You know, don't hit snooze 50 times. Even if you hit snooze once, just get up a little earlier and do one more thing than you would have done had you not
0: gotten up. And, you know, until you're doing it, it sounds dumb, but morning time is just different. Like, it's not the same as, oh, I'll stay up late and do this thing. Like, you've already spent your energy. You've already used up your attention. Like, morning time... The notifications aren't going off. The not, there's nothing good on TV well, I mean, everybody streams now, so there's always something good on TV. but it's just morning morning time, if it's early enough, is interruption free if you if you let it be. If you don't wake up and go straight to the phone except for to take a picture of your wristwatch and post it so that everybody knows you're up. Um, but uh, it it just is different. It's more productive time uh, and then and then it's done, like and then you've got your day, you know.
1: I, so. I've come to love um, nope nobody's unless we get a call, nobody's getting up with me at the fire station at four thirty. And so I usually finish my workout by six thirty or five five thirty. and then I have a half an hour to forty five minutes before the next person's up. and it gives me all this time to pick up the station and get the dishes put away. and um, And I love it. I, I yeah. mean, just this time to myself to get the station ready for the next crew coming in. Or if I'm at home, you know, I can make my wife coffee. I can sh- take my time shaving for work. So, yeah, I love that that morning time by yourself where you're just cranking things out. It, it makes the day so much better because then by the time I get to work at 8 or home from work, I've already, like, I've looked and I'm like, wow, I've already done a lot. Why don't I do this? Why don't I mow the yard now? Yeah. And then by three, you've done, like, everything you can think of. And you're like, well, I guess i just relax now. And then relaxing almost feels unnatural. Yeah.
0: Well, and, you know, the really nice thing about those morning hours is really it's the perfect time to be listening to the Solid 7 podcast is what I've found. I mean, so there's always that benefit as well. It's just a bonus.
1: I will will be listening tomorrow morning to the Solid 7. (laughs) Sunday is – everyone's like recovery day this day, but Sunday has always been my – I'm going to use this time to kind of take it down just a little get reset before the next week. Yeah. And so I do like just a three mile calm walk in the morning. And I think tomorrow, no, I know tomorrow morning I'm going to listen to an episode of the solid seven podcast.
0: All right. Fair enough. Now I'll tell you now episodes are like children, right? You can't, you can't have favorites. Uh, but, but I'll, I'll point you in the direction of maybe some of the kids you might like more than the others. (laughs) Uh, I'll, I'll give you some tips there. So well, I, t- I mean, I'll tell you right now because we announced it on here from our, our Spotify stats from last year. Our our number one episode from 2022 was none other than b Little Brian Littlefield himself, uh chief product officer of Jocko Fuel. So that'd certainly be a, a great place to start. But there's there's lots of good that, ones in yeah. there.
1: He just followed me on Instagram and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm mom, I made it.
0: No, dude, Brian's so cool, and he's so interactive on social media too. Like he's he's accessible, which is awesome. And uh, he's been doing a series just of kind of answering uh, for for the uh, non-viewing audience. Grant's now on his third Jocko Fuel product of the podcast, not of the day. There's been two goes, and he just cracked a mulk. And I I'm not paying him. Nobody's paying him for any of this.
1: (laughs) This is truly my natural state. Like I will show you. I'll I'll post on my Instagram. I'll show you how often I consume Jocko products, and I swore everything else off. Uh, this because re- I used to like I would I would grab like an energy drink here or there based off convenience, and I yeah. go no no more. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching another protein. I'm not touching another creatine. I'm just Jocko Fuel because you know I wanna I wanna prove I'm worthy of ambassadorship. <laughs> so yeah, but yes, yeah, so I am on my. What's funny is I thought about drinking a. I have more junk of go right here. And I was like, and right there. And I was like, I don't have another one. And I go, wait, that's three in like an hour and a half. I probably should
0: take Dude, it down a notch. We, we have like our, our monthly resupply is three cases from, from my wife and I, and it kind of a uh, watermelon comes every month and we alternate flavors. Um, otherwise, um,
1: I maybe use two cases
0: every two weeks <laughs> dude well we stocked up during that last sale i can't remember what the deal was yeah. it was like 20 percent off free shipping and the solid seven promo code stacked it was it was perfect it was the perfect storm for us yeah. so i think i have maybe 12 cases in the closet right now it looks like i'm becoming a distributor oh. <laughs> it's beautiful it's the wall of jaco goes yeah so, uh, yeah. and, uh, for, uh, no, this is, I, I, I've cheated a little bit just for this episode, but for the, the month, um, uh, well for three weeks, for 21 days, I'm not doing caffeine. So it, it's uh, more, the, the wall of Jocko Go wouldn't be as big if I was consuming as I normally was. <laughs> um, but, uh, we're, we're normally both at least one a day, depend again, depending on the overnight toddler ops then it increases the volume the following day right, yeah. of, of the Jocko Go, for sure. But I'll say this, and you'll know this from uh, seeing my, po- my Deaf Reset posts, Is uh, but uh, I'll kind of clue on what this is tied to. Because doing the Deaf Reset just wasn't enough, um, I mentioned that we go to Orange Theory. Well, at the beginning of the year year Orange Theory does a transformation challenge. And so it's eight weeks long. And there's all kinds of little things that that go into it. But at the end of it, at every Orange Theory studio, whoever has the biggest drop in body fat percentage, you get a fat check. Um, And I've won this once before, several years ago, uh, gained all that weight back. Um, but, uh, for a long time, you couldn't, for a long time, you couldn't ever win it again. And now you can. Now, when I won it, it was just percentage of body weight loss, not body fat. So it's a little trickier. Let's the skinnies in on it now. Cause they can put on a little muscle and get it in the game. Um, but I'm, when I'm doing stuff like this, I'm very, very regimented, right? So my nutrition is locked down right now, 1880 calories a day. I know exactly what I'm going to eat every day. It's the same freaking thing every day. Um, and that 1880, that's based on uh, lean body mass times, I want to say like 12%. So that's kind of the minimum you or, or times 12. It's kind of the minimum that you want to eat to stay at a deficit, but keep from tanking your metabolism. That's the idea there. So part of what's incorporated in that is, is milk two scoops a day. And so when you're eating the same thing every day, you look for ways to change it up if you can. And dude, You'll know from my post, I started doing mulk puddings, uh, from the brainchild of uh, none other than Dakota Meyer himself, which is just kind of getting the mulk just to kind of like a mud consistency, kind of like a, a pudding consistency, putting it in the fridge for a while. And I mean, it's not like opening up a snack pack. It's not like grabbing a, a smooth butterscotch pudding, but it's pretty freaking good. So I've I've been all about the mulk pudding here the last few days.
1: I yeah, I mulk is delicious. Yes. And uh, I I'm partial to the the ready to drinks just because of like ease of time. But the amount of like mulk made products that I'm seeing with the hashtag anymore is awesome. Like I keep telling people I'm like, please send me the recipe to this. Like, yeah, this gal has mulk cookies. Uh, there's a guy who's made he just does a new milk smoothie flavor every day and I'm just like y'all got to start posting the recipe, yeah. cuz I would love to try them.
0: Dude, especially the pancakes. That's that's what's up. A good solid yeah. protein pancake recipe. It's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. So, but well dude, oh, man. seriously appreciate you doing this. So, I mean, you know, awesome that you won. Awesome that you're you're still locked in and engaged. You're still getting after it. Um and, you know, what you're doing in the community just in the way of uh, of support and challenging people to overconsume water like myself. And uh just the encouragement, man, it is above and beyond. It's awesome, I think. 100%. Uh you were the right winner last year. Absolutely uh, you need to be a Jack of Fuel ambassador. We need to we need to make that happen. Um, I mean, still, listeners, ignore you know, even at the point where it's like, hey, enter the code Grant and you can get ten percent off. Obviously, still use your Solid Seven promo code. Um, yeah. Just remember who brought you to the dance. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but other than that, uh, you know, I would encourage people to to use Grant's promo code when he inevitably gets it.
1: <laughs> when it exists. <laughs> yes.
0: And, uh, you know, in the, in the same vein of, uh, of Mama Lee, you know, legit, uh, thanks for your service. It's awesome what you guys do. I mean, podcast listeners will know we were on like episode 10. I got done recording with some buddies. Uh, thanks to uh, vasovagal syncope passed out in the kitchen. Uh, you know, right after recording right after guys from the station up the road, I was talking about earlier came, did their thing, got the leads on me, took me to the hospital. It was a, it was a fun time. Fun was had by all, but, uh, you know, as much as I joked as a police explorer about you guys, uh, showing up looking sleepy, um, the point is you, you show up and, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome what you do, man. We appreciate it. Well,
1: thank you. I, 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 appreciative of the support of the community and the country i don't think there's ever been a time where the fire service hasn't been backed by the the community so without them you know we wouldn't be able to do our jobs as well without their support so
0: it's awesome man well speaking of support listeners we appreciate you we love you we thank you for tuning in if uh, you want to hear more of the podcast find out more about the podcast visit the website solid7podcast.com solid the number seven podcast.com where you can always find links to the latest episodes like the one you just listened to you can find the my link to origin USA to Jocko fuel uh, to go Ruck, to tuttle twins that we that we didn't hit on this week um, all great ways to support the the podcast and and uh, support American Manufacturing and get some good products for yourself. There's, of course, always some good causes to support on there. Links to social media, which is pretty much just Instagram. But there's a few others on there if that's what you're into. Uh, and, of course, if you want to uh, listen to recordings like this live, uh, you can become a Patreon supporter. Get some bonus content. Listen to live recordings. Uh, listener Q&As. And uh, get yourself a better-than-average coffee mug. So, Lots of love for the Patreon supporters. But, of course, uh, possibly more important than all of that is whatever app you're listening in right now. Click like, click follow, uh, all those things. Hit the five stars, hit the thumbs up, write us a review. All that stuff makes a big difference in telling the algorithms to tell other people about us and until next time grant dude thanks again for doing this awesome time really appreciate it man and uh hopefully we can we can link up at some point here at uh, at a muster or uh who, who knows we'll find something we'll, we'll get out to a go ruck event together that's the play right there yeah and uh listeners we love you we appreciate you we'll catch you next week the solid seven podcast is a proud affiliate of go ruck GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for building better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events, and a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast.